welcome to the Common Geeking Program. We are a book club style podcast where each episode we discuss a different topic from our own geeky and nerdy perspectives. Uh, I am your host, Jeff Levitt, and this week we are going to be talking about WandaVision. Ha ha, it'll be WandaVision, fun. WandaVision, I know that, that the show had like seven different theme songs. But all I can think of is the word <laughs> WandaVision to the tune of Woody's Roundup from Toy Story. So all day I've been walking around the apartment going, WandaVision, and having nothing to follow up. <laughs> that's not any that's, of them. That yeah, I was like, that's not happen. even. Yeah. I know. Yeah, no, I know. It's just the word fits into Woody's Roundup because he's the very best. I always oh get the, the one from episode two stuck in my head. The one where it's just like, WandaVision. And then it does a little tune and it goes, WandaVision, Ar- arguably like the least like song one of them, but that's oh. the one that's always in my head. <laughs> I always, Jordan, my roommate, always sings the WandaVision, one WandaVision from yeah, like, the animated thing. I think that's the same one, maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure. Anyway, this, uh, th- this time around, I'm joined by my two fellow nerds here, and they can introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Jocelyn, your good friend and animating person, Jocelyn. <laughs> uh... Hi, I'm Colin. Or Chowder, whichever you prefer. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I've been forgetting to append that to the end of my name lately. My apologies. Uh, I have the sound of ocean waves in my ears to combat my flaring tinnitus and uh, have managed to stab myself with pasta sauce, of all things. So I'm bringing the neutral energy across the board right now. Is that neutral? Typical week for Colin, to be honest. I've been having a good day because I'm about to guild my Gambit Dredgen Tracker in Destiny 2 Season of the Chosen. So that's kind of fun. You just started None speaking another language. Resonated yeah. With me. <laughs> yeah. I thought you said you were a fellow nerds. No. There's a gate and I must keep it. I'm pretty sure my nerd card has been revoked lately. Why? Because you've invested all your nerdy attention into K-pop? Yes. <laughs> okay, that's fair. All right, guys, uh, we're going to start off by summarizing this topic. And then we're going to end with our little uh, rating section where we talk about, um, you know, if it was worthwhile, if it was enjoyable. I imagine some of that will probably come out in our in our main discussion, just talking about like what what stuff worked yeah. in the show and what didn't. But uh yeah, do you wanna you wanna hop on into it? I imagine we should start with maybe some context that matters. I mean, they did. Sure. I mean, yeah, true. I mean, I, I'm not. So, uh, if you have not watched WandaVision, I'm, I'm not going to like go into depth like summarizing every episode, but we're definitely going to be going into pretty freaking heavy spoiler territory yeah also spoilers for age of ultron captain marvel <laughs> infinity war and endgame yeah so, yeah that's true and maybe a couple others if you're not up on the marvel cinematic universe one don't watch the show two <laughs> I, I i two i guess two listening to this podcast is predicated on whether or not you give a fuck about the mcu because if yeah. you don't and you haven't watched it this still might be fun <laughs> can i take a stab at a quick synopsis uh yeah yeah if you want to if you want to go for it then yeah cool. we'll, we'll, well i'll just jump in where i feel it's necessary the last we saw the characters of Wanda and Vision were in the Infinity War Endgame two-part movie extravaganza where mm-hmm. Thanos killed Vision to take the stone out of his brain and Twice. Wanda after she got <laughs> blipped out yeah after she got blipped out 
Uh, she blipped back and she's sad. Last last we saw of her. And the show starts in the form of a 50s sitcom. And yeah. it's just them in suburbia. Very Dick Van Dyke show. Literally referencing Dick Van Dyke. Yes. Literally referencing yeah. the Dick Van Dyke show where Vision's back and she's American. And as mm-hmm. it goes on, we sort of meet all these characters and we realize, hey, people are are being very strange and something doesn't line up here. A couple episodes in we find out that the organization S.W.O.R.D. has seen this from the outside. There's an area called the Hex that's boxed in by energy, and it seems like Wanda has created this sitcom world that is moving from 60s shows to 70s shows to 80s shows, and we sort of go through that, watching the efforts of people trying to get in and realizing that this is a manifestation of her grief as she's trying to get over losing the vision uh, and losing her brother. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, losing her brother. Just really her whole life, to be it honest. It is her using <laughs> television to cope with the grief of loss that she's never had time to actually sit down and think about. Which is pretty on the nail for ha- what people are using TV for right now, globally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> it's very it, it turns out that that her best friend, nosy neighbor, um, is actually uh, Agatha Harkness, who's a witch. That is trying to like steal her powers. And on the outside, Sword is trying to use Vision's body to go in and kill Wanda and make themselves look like the heroes. And it all comes to a head. She has to sacrifice her dream. She locks Agatha in this mind state. And everybody kind of hates her because she mind controlled them into the, her sitcom nonsense. Well, everyone in the town, yeah. Everyone in the town, yeah. And then she, uh, she flies away. And uh, goes into the mountains to study the Darkhold, which, Jeff, I'll have questions for you on that. Yep. <laughs> that's that's something I want to talk yeah, about. Basically, she has realized that she is the Scarlet Witch, and her powers don't totally come from the Mind Stone. They come from within, and she is yeah. a witch. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, like, the whole... I mean, they reference the Sorcerer Supreme, so we know they're mm-hmm. setting up for... Multiverse of Madness. Which She's is, confirmed to be in that. Was this an adaptation of House of M? I don't remember what House of M is in the comics. Was House of M is going to be closer to what Multiverse, Multiverse of Madness is. Multiverse of Madness? Is. Yeah, okay, that's what it's I It's going to align with that. It's probably not going to be super close. Like, in House of M, the general plot of it is that, that Wanda uses her powers to create a world where Magneto is the ruler. Is uh, that right? Okay. Uh, yes. The M certainly makes sense there. Yeah, right. There, there's where the well, M that is her in dad, House of so. M. Yeah. Yes. So, right. So in the in the comics, Magneto is her father. In this universe, uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Wanda is not a mutant. I mean, technically, she's not. She's been retconned to not be a mutant in the comics as well. But yeah, you know, because of the yeah. whole uh, Disney didn't have Fox thing for a while. The X Men yeah. universe was separate from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which led to is. one of the greatest pieces of stunt casting in <laughs> fucking history. Yeah, the, the casting of these characters. So, so that is the summary of the show. I think we're just gonna, like Jeff said, dive into our thoughts here, and it's gonna yeah. be a little. There's no particular order. Jeff, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we can start off with, with Evan Peters. Um, with Fietro? Yeah, in Fietro, the middle of the uh, show, I want to say episode seven? It's five. It's five, because there's only nine episodes. 
Yeah, I know right. it's five because I was not going to watch this show until it was over. And then Marvel mm-hmm. started putting ads on videos on YouTube about stuff <laughs> like halfway through the series. And I knew there yeah. was a big cameo in episode five. And when it was Evan Peters and not Aaron Taylor Johnson as mm-hmm. Quicksilver, I oh, that is... Sorry, we forgot to mention something very important. What's that? Go for it. Jimmy Woo and Darcy are both in this <laughs> yes. show. And they just make everything so much better. And uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's a few other important characters we didn't mention. Like Hayward is the 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 head guy in, in charge yeah. of sword. I just think it's and, important uh, to mention that two characters that were really fun in other films were in this. Yeah, film, in the show. No, yeah, they they brought some. And then Monica Rambeau, who we met as a little girl in Captain, in Captain Marvel, Marvel, yeah, is now uh, is now an back adult as an adult, and she's great. I like her a lot in this show and in that role. And she's. Yeah. I'm excited to see what we get with her going forward. Yeah, so no, let's for talk sure. about let's talk about Fietro. Yes. Because it's the only point in the show where my jaw hit the floor. Where yeah, I, I was, was like <laughs> actually really fucking excited about what was happening. And I kind of like that it turned out that it was just, you know, a random person in the town that yeah. was co-opted and the casting was purely for the people that know what happened five years ago with the rights negotiations. So I, I want to talk about this a little bit because yes. uh, this is kind of bringing up one thing that I want to talk about a lot, which is like a lot of the fan theories and stuff. So obviously when Evan Peters showed up, he showed up at like the cliffhanger at the end of episode five, and then he mm-hmm. heavily featured in episode six, which gave us more like context about, you know, who he was in relation kind to this of, world yes. or whatever. Yeah. Right. So, you know, obviously, for those of you who don't know, in the Fox X-Men movies, uh, specifically the, uh, I, I guess, last three of them, he's in Days of I Future think, Past, right? Yeah, I think yeah. Days of Future Past was his debut. Yeah. Because that was 2014. Gotcha. Uh, he, he plays uh, Peter Maximov in those movies, not Pietro, but Peter, because, you know, mm-hmm. can't have a fucking foreign sounding name. Uh <laughs> And he plays he plays that Quicksilver in those movies. So when he showed up in this, everyone and especially knowing the information that Wanda Maximov and, you know, Elizabeth Olsen were going to be in the upcoming later movie, uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. The obvious lines were drawn that uh, this oh, might be yeah. Evan Peters from the Fox universe. And Literally some, from the universe. Yeah, some multiverse stuff happening See, here. See, I had that stuff going in my head, but I was so out of step. Like, I was not looking up anything as mm-hmm. I was watching. So, I, in my head, I was just like, oh, it'd be cool if they connected those dots. But, like, if they do that, that's opening such a crazy floodgate that, like, they're yep, already recasting yep, yep. the Fox but properties. You, you also watched it where you could go from five to six to seven without waiting right. a week. That's true. But I, I, I don't think I don't think that uh, episode six, like, stopped me from asking those questions. Because in the fiction, if if that was the Quicksilver from the Fox movies, he could still be mind-controlled by her. So, like, nothing sure. was off the table until, like, the last episode. Yeah, it was never it was never off the table, per se, but, like, we the information that we got in episode five was that Evan Peters is in the show as Quicksilver, right? Oh, we don't yeah, know how, how he yeah. interacts with any of the characters. And then in episode six, 
we see that he acts very differently from Peter Maximov, and he he makes references to things that happened to Aaron Taylor Johnson's Quicksilver and stuff. Like, yeah. there was a lot of yeah. counter evidence in episode six that said, like, hey, this guy is not okay, necessarily from that universe. It wasn't off the table by any means, but there there definitely was, you know. So did the fan like, theories go beyond like, oh, they're connecting it to Fox or? Yes. Let me tell you, Colin, the fan theories still have not stopped. Uh, yeah, because- the Fan theories are there are ridiculous. people watching this show. So if you remember in uh, episode, I guess, three, whichever one that Jimmy Woo originally shows up in, I think it's episode three or four. Um, uh, I think it's at the end of three and four is when three. they really dive into that because you hear his voice in two and then you see him no, at the end of three. No, it's definitely four. I just because three happens. Monica gets tossed out of the, the bubble oh, in okay, episode, okay, at the yes, end yes, of episode yes. three. So he makes reference to uh, it's called episode four. We interrupt this program which is ah yes i really like the episode titles of the show we find out in episode uh four what brought jimmy woo uh of course from ant-man uh, and the wasp i don't think he was in the original ant-man was he he I was not remember. in the original no. ant-man he was in ant-man and the wasp because ant-man was on house arrest and he was house the arrest. Yeah, he was, was ant-man's handler basically yes. so <laughs> as an fbi agent he has been led to the phenomena of or the phenom- phenomenon of Westview because he's in search of a missing person, uh, which I'm pretty sure I'm fairly certain I'm going to put this down as my fucking interpretation of this. That was just a way to get Jimmy Woo involved in this story in any way, since he's an FBI agent. A missing person's case brought him to Westview. Yeah, I think it was a very throwaway line. There was a lot of sort of like fan buildup and stuff like in the in between weeks when people were doing their theory videos and stuff like that where people would be like who in the town is jimmy woo's missing person and what is the significance of that there was a while where people thought it was going to be agnes um you know before we got the reveal that she came there of her own volition and stuff like that and even after the show is over we get the reveal that uh that uh evan peters uh is not fucking quicksilver from an alternate universe he's just an actor who lived in the town who agnes has got a spell over named ralph boner uh which i'll I'll get to in a sec um but yeah i laughed i shouldn't have but i laughed (laughs) but um (laughs) but basically the people are thinking that the they're like, oh, the headshot that he shows, like, it's not just that he's an actor, like, this isn't an actor headshot, that he might be in witness protection, and maybe he's Quicksilver from the alternate universe, and he's Jimmy Woo's missing person report, which I think isn't a, is is really grasping at straws, personally. <laughs> I, it, yeah, it seems very yeah. much like just people trying to manifest what they want. To, they're just writing their own yeah. fan fiction, essentially, which is fine. Well, it's, it's this big thing. But that, it's a like, different kind of discourse. The the issue that's happening here is that Marvel has, to an extent, done these things where they plant obscure breadcrumbs that eventually mm-hmm. do come to fruition. Yeah. Uh, they they and so have, now, but... But, but the thing is, they really didn't. But they kind of let that's people think that they did. So yeah. now you have all of these people thinking everything is a breadcrumb yeah yeah so if i can wax poetic for a moment based on 10 years of hindsight liking this franchise like it was very fun all the way back to you know early high school to full adulthood question mark uh looking at these movies and trying to figure out what was going to happen next almost always being wrong 
but yeah. still having fun with it. But like yeah. once the suspense of the Infinity Saga ended and there was just like, okay, we're done with that story. Like Jocelyn said, if you look back, the the breadcrumbs rarely go more than like a movie out. The post-credit scenes are yeah. extremely obvious. And that's basically like kind of as deep as it goes. Otherwise, it's just people planting Easter eggs and later producers and writers saying, oh, we could have fun with that. Yeah. It's just a, it's a clever yeah. production process. So I think the lesson I learned is don't worry about it. Yes. Well, I mean, even if you even if you look at like the overarching story, like a lot of stuff changes, you know, like Thanos is yeah. so different in the earlier movie in like Guardians of the Galaxy than when he actually because like they hadn't decided what his yep. motivation was yet. You know, he was just like a crazy tyrant. But then when they get to Infinity War, they're like, well, let's make him an actual character with reasons for doing yeah. things and then when you take that context and look back at his actions in the past not all of it makes a ton of sense so the thing i want to talk about with uh with ralph boner here and because like my interpretation and my my reasoning for I, I, like why they cast evan peters in this role is i i really think it was sort of like a meta contextual thing where yeah. they were yes. saying hey look we could if we wanted to bring the Fox X-Men to this universe, here's this character. And then turning around and saying, but we're not doing that. And this was like I agree. a statement in the show saying, hey, the Fox X-Men are not coming to this universe, which I know people have mixed feelings about. Personally, that is exactly I, the way I would want it to go yeah, because the Fox universe is such a mess. And every all the baggage that that universe has, if it's technically part of the MCU, even if it's in a different, you know, like universe, it, it still brings that baggage over in terms of like bringing down the overall like quality level. It like lowers. Yeah. The, yeah. the average quality level of MCU like properties. Right. Here's, so like, here's the thing with what they did with Evan Peters and it's smart casting. They wanted to make a joke about yeah. recasting Quicksilver because they weren't going to bring actual Quicksilver. So what is the easiest shorthand we have at our disposal to get people to connect that that man is pretending to be Quicksilver? And right. I think that extends that mentality. No, that makes a lot of sense. I think that mentality extends to the casting of Agatha uh, because Catherine Hahn is very much a that guy. She's very much always the nosy neighbor, always yeah, the yeah, side yeah. character in other shows. Everyone like knows her face and voice and has seen her in something. And she's tremendous, but she's, she's never so a main character. <laughs> and they and and they played into that directly. It was just yeah. it was it was them yeah. thinking about, hey, we're making a show that knows it's a sitcom. How do we go one level outside of that? And these kinds of decisions I I think are what foster that. Yeah. It no, it's it is interesting to talk about her as a character though because like bringing back to what you said Colin about like you know you you never see these like you always like pick up the breadcrumbs on retrospect to be fair to like people you know talking about multiverse stuff with Evan Peters and you know if he's maybe Jimmy Woo's missing person there were a lot of like popular fan theories and stuff that were legitimately foreshadowed in the show like within yes. the show itself that sure. did actually happen but that, like but that's just how tv shows work too no no sure but like <laughs> I, I haven't looked into exactly like why but like as soon as Catherine hahn was was cast people already knew that she was going to be agatha harkness 
Like, yeah. not yeah. just in the show where she's her name is Agnes and she makes like a reference every once in a while to think like, oh, you just said some real witchy shit, Agnes. Yeah. Or, you know. So then that that does kind of answer a question I wanted to ask, because so for me, I'd never heard of Agatha Harkness until I watched this show. Um, yeah. But at the, as soon as the show started and she walked in, I was like. It's her. Something's up that's, with her. That's, yeah, something's that's up with her. That's the bad yeah. guy. That's the bad guy right fucking there, and I know it in my bones. And uh, and Rebecca and I were watching, and she was like, no, she's just a neighbor. It's it's all Wanda's fault. And I'm like, no, it's fucking, it's also, this one. I, I do want to point this out, because people don't connect this. The song, It Was Agatha All Along, is Wanda trying to push off the blame. Like, it wasn't oh, Agatha all along. It wasn't. It was still her. But she wanted huh. and needed a villain in that moment. Yeah, I was wondering that because it's like once once she kind of makes this reveal, like when the characters are aware that they're in this, like, you know, like Vision knows what the situation is when he's like in the car with Darcy. But we still get like cutaways of him talking in like a fucking you know director's yeah. chair as if it's and part of the like, show. Why like, the hell am I doing this? Yeah, yeah. Like, why am I doing it? Right? Like, there's still some control over even the characters who know what's up and are somewhat immune to it, right? Because like the Agatha thing, right? Like, yeah. Why would she herself like she yeah. she in the next episode after the reveal says that she was trying the whole time to snap Wanda out of it, which does not seem like it was the case when you were actually yeah, were looking I, at her character it seemed like she was trying to get her to do other things like she pressures her to have kids a couple times before the twins show up so then there were all these fan theories of like oh agatha wants her to manifest these children for x you know nefarious purpose yeah yeah i had a little trouble tracking her motivations after the reveal agatha Same. yeah um like the the simple answer of she's trying to steal Wanda's powers, I think, was the prevailing thing. I'm wondering, yeah. I, I've only seen each episode once, so I'm wondering how that got so muddy in the reveal. I think, it, I think it's partially because while she was trying to figure all of this out, she was still in a way under what Wanda was doing. Yeah. And so while she was trying to snoop around, she was still being controlled to do these other slightly out of character things. See, okay, I didn't get that. I think that's certainly at least, you know, we can talk about this a little bit more, but I think that's certainly a good in fiction, uh, uh, like justification for that. Um, but like meta contextually, cause like we also like, obviously you can look at the meta stuff with any show, but WandaVision is in and of itself a very meta show. Like, yeah, I, I definitely think that they intentionally led a lot of breadcrumbs for like different plot points that could happen so that people would latch onto theories, but still once the reveals happen, not actually, you know, like it might've been one of a dozen theories that they, they, yeah. cause like it definitely does leave intentional nods for like certain theories and stuff to happen. Like even stuff that doesn't end up happening, which is also goes into why, you know, part of why I think they cast Evan Peters, right. Is like, and knowing that Wanda is going to be in multiverse madness. I don't think that's coincidental. I think that they did want people to think that that was a possibility. You know what I mean? Yeah. With a lot of Catherine Hahn's actions earlier on, like, I think that, it definitely does, you know, point her in a few different directions. And then there's that scene like in the episode before she's revealed to be Agatha Harkness in the Halloween episode. There were so many theories that were like getting on to, you know, like we all thought that she was going to be Agatha Harkness. And then there's this episode where Vision frees her mind and then she acts just she acts like a victim like everyone else. Right. And then in the Agatha all along. We get, yeah. you know, we get a flashback to that scene and she does like a, she looks at the camera and does like a snarky expression as if like, 
I was fucking lying right there. <laughs> and yeah. it sort of was a lie to the audience, too, in a certain way, which, yeah. which not in a bad way. That's but... how I read it anyway. So yeah. I, so I kind of want to what I see a lot of and I have very mixed feelings about this kind of reaction. And you guys could probably color some of this in for me, given my ignorance of the community at the moment. This show is getting a lot of credit for being a very weird and different show. For doing yeah. weird, unique, different, unusual stuff. And, like, my impression of it is that there there were a couple, I think, narrative things that worked well. Like, Wanda was definitely the bad guy. And mm-hmm. I would like to see more consequences. Uh, and when, <laughs> uh, when Cataract and Vision are shooting the lasers at each other and there's the power struggle, there's a narrative reason for one person to lose instead of just colored lasers. Like, that, there is a little more thought. Cataract, Project Cataract was what the, was on the screen when they were building the White yeah, Vision. Yeah, he's, he's a reference um, to White Vision. So, like, yeah, that's I just call him White Vision. Name. Yeah. Uh, White Vision sounds problematic. But my, my but that's, question that's is, like, aside name. from these... Yes. Yeah. My question is is that like aside from some of these narrative developments, the big thing is that it is aware of itself as a TV show, which is a fun yeah. mechanic, but like how weird and different actually is this? Cuz at the end of this, well, I was just I mean, like that was a a fun thing. So so I I, think, I don't get the different vibe. So I don't think for television it's unique and different for Marvel. Yeah. This is a very sidestep thing where they're actually this was the first time I've ever seen them actually focus on a character and her emotions and feelings yeah as much as there was action in the last episode this is the first time we've ever actually gotten when they say that vision and her are in love I actually felt it at the end of the season when they first said it it was a weird line because I was like we haven't actually seen them be lovey-dovey because she's been controlling him but like Mm -hmm. this is the first time I felt connected to one of their characters on an emotional level. I agree with you, but I think I credit that to the to the medium, which is the movies have always been what two to three hours. Yeah, and how like you can only do so much in two to three hours. This has the benefit of having a lot more time, and that's just that's just the benefit of TV. My my thing with it, Colin, and why like I I agree with what Jocelyn said in that like I don't think it's like especially unique as like a concept. Like there's much more cerebral and weird shit out there. When I was always talking about its its uh you know like uniqueness and and like funkiness like it's in the context of Marvel in that it it not just because characters get expanded upon in in ways that only TV shows can do but like it had all these sort of meta things going on with like the first two episodes were just straight up 50s and 60s sitcoms right so it it broke from the formula of the like superhero movie genre in a way that I thought was kind of fun and interesting like it still has definite ties I mean, to it but it, yeah, of course it breaks away from the movie genre because it's a tv show sure but it's th- th- but that's th- i think that's no that's, no, because that's you what couldn't... i'm getting at is because it, i i think comparing this to a marvel movie is a little disingenuous i think that you can you can talk about how it expands on it or evolves it but th- we have other tv shows that are superhero yeah like- yeah and, and I, i've seen everything from arrow to legion and and when you compare it to those this kind of feels like it fits neatly in between 
Arrow and Legion, Legion being on the wild end of the spectrum, Arrow being on the melodramatic end of the spectrum. I set up a weird spectrum here. That's my fault. Certainly by the end of it, I would agree with you more. I think that it it kind of got a little bit more normal as it went along. But watching it week by week, it definitely felt like, oh, we're experiencing something a little bit like weird and different here, especially Mm -hmm. when we are, you know, only in three episodes to which we hadn't gotten any of the, the sword stuff yet, you know. And that's not to say that it got worse as it went along. I'm fine with it kind of returning back to feeling like it's in the genre that it is in. Right. But as we were going along, like it definitely it it definitely felt like something different. And uh, like I enjoyed that about it. And I'm I'm okay with it going. Yeah, it was a very refreshing show to watch. Yeah, for sure. Because like, you know. I, I still want it to fit in the same sort of uh, tone as the rest of the MCU just to feel like it fits in that, you know, I don't want it to be like a, a totally different, absolutely crazy different thing, but it, it definitely felt like it, you know, it structured its story a little bit differently than like a lot of MCU stuff we've seen, like, and not just the movies, but even like TV shows, which I know well, we got to talk about the TV shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, this, is, this is the thing is. For me, this felt like for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this was a calculated risk for them. This was something very different for them. For what Feige does, because Feige didn't really have that much to do with like the Netflix series and stuff. No, that was all that was all a different producer. So like this is the first time that Feige has really ventured into television for the for the Marvel stuff. So for them, this is a risk. It's new and it's different. Yeah. For television as a whole, I wouldn't really say that. Yeah. I think it was a fun study of television. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm just bristling against the people where to them, <laughs> this is the weirdest, wildest, most outlandish show or piece of media they've ever consumed. And they're like, I literally can't handle how crazy this is. And I'm like, no, I mean, I think uh, if it were really- I work on weirder shows than this. <laughs> yes. If it were really that weird, then I don't think that it would have quite as much like widespread yeah. support yeah it's mainstream weird it's still very basic tv but yeah. it's yeah 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 so yeah let's let's because we, we we touched on this a couple times in there uh i want to talk about the uh now floating in the air canonical state of the other yep. marvel television show yeah i didn't even realize <laughs> it until today at the end when agatha was like and i actually really did like this as as like a through line for wanda is that she's powerful but she doesn't know anything and i really mm-hmm. like that as like a way yeah. for her to like here's an opportunity to grow after this and yeah. the way they demonstrate that was here's the dark hold and when i watched the episode i was like i've heard of that before and today i googled it <laughs> And I'm like, oh, right, there was a whole season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and an excellent incarnation of Ghost Rider based on the Darkhold, and it wasn't that book. Yeah, so uh, so Wait. Uh, let, me, let me go into a few things here, right? Um, I'm, I'm going to start off by saying I'm fairly certain, and I, have not, I cannot find this exact quote, but Kevin Feige has said aloud before that he does not consider the Marvel shows and the and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to be canon. I was going to ask, do I have to care about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No. Uh, no, that, that's, <laughs> that's the whole point of this, is like once Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. got good, it started doing weird stuff, and now this show is rewriting that weird stuff or ignoring Not, it completely. So, Colin, I don't know how up-to-date you are on, sh- on Agents I of S.H.I.E.L.D. I dropped off in Season 5 just out of scheduling <laughs> stuff. But let me tell you, that show decanonized its damn self, all right? It did. I heard, so- <laughs> I did read about Season 6 completely ignoring the effects of Infinity War. Yeah. So, so 
season five, uh, A, sets up some MCU rules for time travel, which uh, obviously being written before Endgame, could not consider the the ones that were going to be in the movies. And then when Endgame did time travel, it is completely different. You know, it, they mm-hmm. did time travel of like, oh, you go back, you can't like really change anything because this is now your, your future and it, you can't change your past with your future, yada, yada, you know, what the Hulk said in in Endgame, yeah. right? Yeah. And we, we could yeah. we could get into the weeds about how that works, but, you know, we're not we're not going to. Um, but Thank in no uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season five, they had their own time travel stuff. And the conclusion that they landed on was like, oh, yeah, time is fluid. If you go back, you can change stuff and it'll affect things. Don't worry about paradoxes, shit like that, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Which um, was unusual, especially since in season five, there was like this big, like overarching plot point of like there's something that's happening. And in like the last few episodes, one of the aliens just goes out and says Thanos is coming. Right. And there's an episode that literally happens at the same time that Infinity War happens, but maybe didn't know the conclusion of that movie because then the season ends and they they you know go about their ways. And I'm just like, we're not going to get something at the end of this movie to see which half of the team like vanishes. That never happens. And then in, in season six, there's just no reference to it, even though it yeah. definitely takes place sometime later, but also probably not five years later. So notionally mm. in the time of the blip, but they're all still there. Or at least all the one, you know, like no one's unexplainedly yeah. gone. So I kind of I kind of take the inclusion of the Darkhold in WandaVision to be basically saying we don't care about those shows anymore. Which they never for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. maybe doesn't bug me as much because I think it sort of found its own footing in time and I'd be content to enjoy that on its own as much as you so, can. But, but here's the other thing, the, though, the is Netflix that Netflix shows I'd be sad because we got some great stuff in there that. I don't Well, especially lose. because they've they've said Charlie that, Cox is also on yeah. set for Spider-Man 3. Well, they've they've confirmed Daredevil. He's going to be in um, She-Hulk, the She-Hulk series. Yeah. I would love to see Charlie Cox and Tatiana Maslany hanging out. That's great. I just, I want them to be doing, like, fighting against each other in court. That sounds fun. Yes. <laughs> That'd be the best. Crime. So, Law so and Order if I MCU. Could, uh, oh, my God. Law and Order MCU. Okay, sorry. That's what it's going to be, and I'm very Jesus excited. Jesus Christ. If I could interject here. Um, sorry. It's so, the <laughs> the Netflix shows are different, like, are separate from... Like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was not a Netflix show, so it's possible that Kevin Feige has decided to pick and choose because with everything that we see in the Marvel shows or in the uh, the Netflix shows, there's nothing that contradicts anything yet. Yeah. All of the plots of the shows fit neatly into of happening before Infinity War. Yeah. And there's no conflict there. They don't have anything that contradicts... Where Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is rough is because, unlike those yeah. shows, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. early in earlier seasons actually made real effort to tie into the events that were happening in the main cinematic universe and <laughs> even, even though... so, go so far <laughs> as to say, hey, this is why something ha- like this is why yeah. Nick Fury was able to get his helicarrier in Age yep. of Ultron was because Coulson was working behind the scenes. It know. was a very one way street, though, because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would cater to the movies, but the movies would not do movies, anything yeah. to talk about the show. Right. Yeah. And I think right. it seemed like the show eventually got sick of it. So it is nice to see WandaVision having such these close links. And it's nice to know that you can draw straight lines to future properties this way. Yeah. I guess maybe I'm also a little like 
not thrilled by it because, I mean, I'm a Star Trek fan and Star Trek had multiple TV shows and movie franchises happening 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm used to connecting those dots. I like, I can't tell if I've spoiled myself or if I'm just being like an ass about it. But like, I think honestly, I, I think that if there was a way to to do it, like I, I want to and, you know, I've got no evidence to back this up. But I want to say that if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. hadn't like already in its own writing kind of yeah. messed itself up because like it didn't need to make references to Infinity War and stuff like that. Right. True. Without knowing the outcome of that movie. It could all happen before the snap. And then when, you know, when there's a new season, they could actually address it and say, like, this is what, you know, like, yeah, ultimately, like, I know there was no working back and forth and that probably affected it. But like the the show didn't need to to contradict things quite in the way that it did, you know, because like there's a lot of like other just like weird little stuff in Agency Shield that just doesn't make sense in the broader context of the universe either. There's like hard light holograms in that show. And hey, Jocelyn, know, can I talk to you have... over here for a second? Yeah. Oh okay. Okay. Uh, so uh, I'm not going to interrupt Jeff, and we're going to like keep going. Apparently, he's doing an Agents of Shield episode now. If you want to <laughs> talk about, Wa- if you want to go talk about WandaVision over here, yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Oh, okay. All I'm going to say is fucking like little things like that that you know, like that already kind of messed Agents of Shield over a little bit. Whereas like the Netflix shows, I feel like didn't attempt to. They, they like, tried to keep some distance. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and like, they, they were your friendly neighborhood Netflix shows. To be fair, I feel like <laughs> if they if they really wanted to and if the Darkhold was the only thing that was messing these two shows up existing together, I feel like there could just be a throwaway line in some movie or property about how it takes different forms. Yeah. And, you know, like that's an easy one to explain. But the whole cast of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just not acknowledging the fact that half of them were gone for five years. Yeah. You can't reconcile that. So how did so, we get onto this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just how did, is it because the book is different? How did we get onto yeah. this tangent? Yeah. So, sorry, yes. The, if it wasn't clear, the Darkhold existed in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as one thing, and it now also exists in WandaVision, but it's a very different thing. Yeah. So oh, it's it, okay. So WandaVision is not just taking steps to push things forward. It's also... I, I think to 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 the credit of uh, what you two were saying about the casting of of, of Evan, Evan Peters, Peters. I yeah. think it, it is trying to make some meta contextual comments about the state of the franchise without yeah. people having to go on record. I think it's just trying to prime people for things to go a certain way without making commitments, which I think is is smart. It keeps people talking and it doesn't back them into a corner in the way that you know being specific does. So I I got another I got another question. Yeah, we can be done with we can be done with Agents of Shield. I just yes, I, I want it on record that I've said to you, Colin, for almost a few yes. years. You've asked me to catch up on Agents of Shield, and I have I've not I've, done yeah, it. Yeah, so I could talk about all of this stuff. I I made a mistake <laughs> by giving you the opportunity. So this is something I'll take the hit for the last few minutes. Uh, <laughs> I won't. I did not sign up for this. No, you will be will be sending you your compensation in the mail. Good. So I have a question. About Monica Rambeau, the daughter yeah. of person Rambeau, whose first name I forget, and Captain Maria. Marvel, Maria Rambeau, because um, she was, you know, she was Geraldine, and then mm-hmm. she got kicked out, and then we see, you know, uh, we interrupt this programming. 
the episode four where we see her backstory where she got blipped back. Can we talk about how good that blip back scene was? The Holy oh, shit, dude. So where good. she rematerializes in the hospital. That especially because our only because we saw the Infinity War Endgame and then the only other like info we got was <laughs> Far From Home one? where people are yeah. rematerializing in the middle of a basketball game and it was funny. Yeah. And this was haunting and it was so well done. Yeah, no, it's because like that that answers some of the people's questions about like, you know, like what are the consequences of people just like spontaneously showing back up in places where, you know, other people might be or like what if they were in a plane when they blipped away and then which maybe they can say like, oh, you know, Hulk made it so they all. You know, yeah. just show up safely on the yeah, ground. Yeah, I was gonna say they they've stated that Hulk said that they would return safely if they were in a compromising position, which is good. And uh, but it, it's nice to see that it weird to make that a footnote. Yeah, there are still <laughs> consequences in that. Like, yeah. it's still a confusing time for like now the hospital is overcrowded, which is like I'm wondering if that writing. I mean, I guess it was probably being written before the pandemic, but having a scene about a hospital yeah. overcrowding yeah. was was very like, oh shit. I mean, the context yeah. is all different, but this feels very real right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's going back to Star Trek, Discovery season three had a lot of like disjointed society commentaries that like just happened to jive with when it released as well. Holy shit. Wait, um, guys, 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 guys. Do you, do you think that the world of the MCU skipped the fucking pandemic because they were at half capacity of the world when that happened? <laughs> and could thus that's, all socially distance <laughs> oh my god that's a great that's a great question i can't wait to see that movie oh my, yeah, god. Oh my god um anyway back to, <laughs> back to my question that was a great that was a great scene and yes now i have more questions about the pandemic but monica rambeau yeah. She goes through the radiation barrier a couple times. Yes. And like she gets these powers, but there's implication before she goes through the barrier. Like they x ray her and the x rays show totally white. And she's like, nah, it's fine. And then yeah. she goes through the, the hex barrier back and forth a couple times, which like irradiates her. And then she gets nondescript generic hero powers. No, um, I mean, no, and- she, she's a, she plays a couple different, depending on the comics. She is mm-hmm. different superheroes. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember which one they finally pinpointed her as through those powers. I, th- I, I I'm going to guess. Photon? Well, f- I, I'm pretty sure that they're having her be Spectrum. Okay. Her customer service must be terrible. Yes. We have not get. Oh, my God. <laughs> we have not gotten any explanation of what she can do with her powers. But I do personally have faith that that explanation is coming in either Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel 2 because she yeah. is going to be in both of those properties. Um but basically in the in the comics and obviously like it stuff's not always exactly the same as in the comics but one of her power sets is that she she can control different types of like light and radiation and stuff like that so like does that explain the bullets gooping through her like a giant yeah, jelly ball something about her controlling the kinetic energy of the bullets and yeah i i mean obviously Gotta we're going to get vague words like kinetic yeah, well, kinetic <laughs> bullets have kinetic energy, Colin. That's that's real. Kinetic thing. energy is a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but everything everything has kinetic energy. Saying you can control kinetic energy is so no. It's like saying no. It's saying like she slowed down the like she took the kinetic energy of the bullets away. So instead of going real fucking fast, they fucking fell to the ground. That is no, but they that is, they also went through her. Yeah, well, I mean, I, like, granted, like, yeah, I think that we're going to get some more explanations of her yeah. powers. In the okay. show itself, yeah. we don't, we don't, it's vague, this, yeah, right. This but. show wasn't about 
her. her. No. Yeah. Um, but they did need to set her up because she's going to be in a bunch of other stuff. Okay. Yeah. Oh, she is. What's the com- what's the stat- status of that? What do we know? She's in Miss Marvel, the show, and then mm-hmm. Captain yeah. Marvel 2. And it's interesting because, okay. like, we actually did know her casting before WandaVision came out. So, like, to mm-hmm. most people... I don't know if you were keeping up on it or not, but like, was Geraldine being someone significant a reveal for you? Yeah, no, I had no idea. Uh, I did not expect her to be who she was until like episode three early on. I was like, there's something going on with her, which I think was the pacing they uh, intended. Yeah, I don't even know if they I like I don't even know if it was meant to really be too much of a secret because it it didn't feel like there was like a spoiled reveal for me because like she's only in one episode before they revealed it. So like, yeah, I kind of forgot that they had cast her. Yeah, like I would have forgotten if I weren't like watching the videos there. But like, hey, you know, they publicly announced like at the last like whatever big you know, Comic-Con or whatever, oh, that she Comic-Con? is playing Monica Rambeau, you know? Yeah. yeah. she's She really is fantastic. Like, I, I really enjoy watching her as a performer. Uh, Jeff, yeah. I do want to key... Sorry, one last little Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. reference here. <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> once she switched to... Uh, you know, her sword uniform and went in again and has her powers, yada, yada, yada. There, There's the typical difference between a movie and a TV show is budget. I just watched the new mm-hmm. SpongeBob movie and the new SpongeBob spinoff. The budgetary differences between them are immense because the movie is yes. gorgeous oh and the show is not. I don't want to yes. watch either of them. Welcome the to animation are, movies, movies all right. I laughed a few <laughs> Neither times. Neither of but... them need to happen. The creator um, is dead. Let SpongeBob die he, too. He's, he was listed as the creator of both of these, so I think he started these projects before he died. No, he did uh, not. He no, no, he did not. He was listed want, as an executive producer. He did not. He has to legally. He did not want a spinoff of SpongeBob. Anyway, oh, we don't need it. We don't. Anyway, we can have but, a fucking separate episode about SpongeBob. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the uh, so like WandaVision, there were some great effects sequences in terms of quality especially toward the end that were mm-hmm. like oh this is pretty fancy for a movie i like for a sure. lot of prestige mm-hmm. shows are doing that but when agents of shield dropped and we were used to the quality of the movies and then we saw tv budget marvel <laughs> do you remember yeah. deathlock's costume and how awful it was i forgot about deathlock as a character remember, so yes remember <laughs> how unimpressive and like Halloween store quality yep. that was. Yeah. Now, this is nowhere near as bad, but I feel like Monica Rambeau's like sort of jumpsuit after she well, you know tries to go I back mean, in. I, I, I that feel like did this not is... seem to be quite on the same level of detail as everything else. And I got mild deathlock vibes from that. And I'm just like I... I don't I... Know. Wait, do you mean do you mean like the spacesuit she was in or like what she was wearing for the rest of the show afterwards with like after the, that. the... A- a- no, after I... that. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. I mean, I got the vibe that, like, this is not her superhero costume. It's definitely meant yeah. to invoke her comics costume in some way, and she'll probably get a a different version of that later, because that, mm. that's basically what her costume looks like with the white outfit with the black lining across gotcha. the shoulders. Like, that's what her comics outfit looks like as Photon slash Spectrum slash whatever, oh, like whatever. Her, the outfit she's in in the, in the final episode? Yeah. That felt very right because it felt like the inner pieces of that spacesuit that she was in before she jumped into the thing again. So, like, I didn't think too much of it as, like, a costuming thing. I was like, no, that's that's pretty accurate to what they would wear. It just, uh, yeah, I I, I don't know what it was where it, like, jumped out at me. It's like this, it, it didn't, it didn't 
feel like it meshed in a way where everything else did, which is wild considering how many styles are going on at What once. did jump out <laughs> to me in terms of like special effects and stuff, the finale fight scenes were not nearly as polished editing wise as yeah, normal I noticed Marvel that. fight scenes. I, I think part of it was COVID. They couldn't do a bunch of reshoots, sure. which they normally yeah. do. But it was really weird watching it because action just wasn't as clear as I'm used to yep. it being. Which was really weird for me that in a Marvel property, the emotional beats were playing much better than the fight sequences. Yeah. Oh, my God. Honestly, that's that's what I want out of these things, to be honest. Yes. But it was also like that finale should have been at least 10 minutes longer because it just needed time to breathe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like it it was just minor pacing things that would total to about 10 minutes of runtime. But also everything was too short. (laughs) It mm-hmm. might be a little bit philosophically shallow, but I fucking loved the ship of Theseus scene with the with the Aww. two visions. So I mean that that's one of those things that I think works well because like the 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 duality of Marvel is people like to read into it as this big deep thing when the fact is it's just a very well produced thing yes. that <laughs> lets you read into it what you will. And I think that the ship of Theseus co- a conversation between Vision and I will keep calling him Cataract. I think that that is a great example of it, of the writers being like, hey, we can flex our muscles a little bit about something we know, because like I knew the ship of Theseus thing as, you know, if you rebuild the ship, is it the same ship? I didn't know if you rebuild the ship again out of the old parts. Like, I didn't yeah. know that much about this thought exercise. Um, mm. And and it was it was short. It was meaningful to the characters. It moved things forward in a way I didn't expect. The only thing and- I don't get with that scene is like, where did he fucking go? That, mm-hmm. No, but that's that, that's interesting. That's, that's what I like about it. Is Cataract <laughs> is is out there somewhere doing something? Yeah, but and we but don't what? know. <laughs> All right, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna because there's a couple more things I want to talk about, and I want to I want to transition to one of them right now. With that, uh, I want to talk about uh, some implications with where stuff might be going. We don't have to talk a lot about this because I also want to talk about some some areas in which uh, people built up their expectations and then were disappointed <laughs> by things. Yeah, I, I want to hear about that. To answer your first question briefly, I think Jocelyn and I sort of meant, like hit on it earlier where there aren't as many breadcrumbs in these movies as people like to think. Uh, no, but I think and, that- and, and I think that's, And I think that's true of the show. There, yeah, are there are some. some. I, I think that they definitely are are making an effort to foreshadow yes, things. Yes, but it's not as much as people think. Everything is a foreshadow, no, and really, it's for just sure, good yeah. production design. No, where yeah. I think I think when people are talking about breadcrumbs, people will look at the helicopter designs and say, "What does this mean for ten years later?" When the reality is, it's like cataract disappeared. That's the breadcrumb. Yeah. The kids' voices at the end. Yes. Why did we hear the kids again? Where, what's Wanda studying <laughs> for in House of M, whatever? And where'd right. Cataract go? I think as far as what's next, I think that the only thing this show is planning for is those big hits. And I think anything smaller that gets followed up on is, again, just producers being good at their job. I'm excited to see if we're going to get Paul Bettany in a Vision 2.0 going forward. Like, it's more of like, how much is he going to be involved is more about what I'm curious about rather than like, what is he going to do? It was a good way to do it, right? Because like, I was watching the show and the entire time I'm watching, I'm like, I really want Vision to be back because I've enjoyed this character a lot. I like him. I like Paul Bettany. Yeah. Yeah. He's only been in like a few movies and like the dude is like 
what, six years old? Kind of fucked to kill him that early. Yeah. So I'm happy that he's back and we still got to have this, like, emotional resolution with with, the, with Wanda, you know, bubble yeah. vision and Wanda where she gets to let him go. Because, like, she probably doesn't even know that that was, like, as far as she knows, he killed the the, the fake one. Yeah, like, yeah. that's going to be something she'll have to deal with later, which is another good emotional thing for her. Yeah, for all the failings of Age of Ultron, I still really enjoy the movie and Vision is a gigantic part of that. I I, uh, I want to transition to to some things that people thought were going to happen in the show that did not happen. Oh, you mean like Evan Peters <laughs> being Mephisto? All right, I'm I'm yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was literally about to spit the words out of my mouth. I'm going to throw my feet up and let you guys do this part. But what? So okay, so. so people were like, if he's not real Quicksilver, if he's not gonna be a multiverse tease, he's gotta be Mephisto because clearly Agatha Harkness can't be doing this on her own and in the comics, Agatha Harkness is a witch who works closely with Mephisto. Yeah. Mm, And so Mephisto has to be involved somehow, some way. I would say the two big, like, in the show clues that Mephisto, for those of you who don't know, who's basically Marvel's version of the devil, uh, were going to be involved in the show is in episode two, when uh, Wanda is talking to Agnes and and Dottie says like, oh, the devil's in the details. And then fucking Catherine Hahn as Agnes leans over to Wanda and goes, that's not the only place he is. And it's like, ah. obviously, in the context of the conversation, the implication is, you know, Dottie is an asshole, is, right? And yeah. she's the Dottie's devil or whatever, devil. right? But like, it was definitely a very clear like, hey, I know something more about the devil line. And then later when um, Fietro is is palling around with the kids and they go run to do their little pranks on Halloween, he yells to them, unleash hell, demon spawn. And in the comics... At least in one uh, version of one it, of the, versions, the, uh, yeah. the the kids, the twins, uh, Bobby or Billy and Tommy, is that their name? Billy and Tommy are literally shards of Mephisto's soul. So in hindsight, I, <laughs> I definitely think that that line was an intentional nod. Um, but there's definitely like some devilly stuff going on there that would lead people to go in that direction. And then there was yeah. this whole question of they could be planting. Mephisto for later things. Yeah, no, there's be. an absolute chance that he shows up in in Doctor Strange. Yes, um, or some other. Very, there was also some hints to possibly the villain Nightmare. Um, I can't remember all of the fucking references. Mostly, it was just people using the word Nightmare. To be honest. And then, like, you know, people are also thinking the villain Cthon, who is kind of like Marvel's Cthulhu, because he's the one who creates the Darkhold. And, you know, like, they could basically... Any of these characters, I feel like, for the interpretation of the MCU, they could easily meld into to one dude, right? Yeah, the, it's, the, it's totally possible that, that he shows up down the line. The big thing for Mephisto here, though, was that in a lot of the comics, Mephisto, in some way, shape, or form, is usually linked to how Wanda has her kids. Yeah. And so, because her kids were here... Okay. Because they kept dropping these demon dialogue hints... People are like, Mephisto has to be a part of the show because everything else from the comics is kind of there. Yeah. Her kids, we don't know how she had them. This guy comes in and is saying they're devil spawn. Well, they are in the comics, (laughs) so. Yeah, and, you know, it's possible that that's the explanation for them coming back because, like, I'm pretty sure there's, like, 
there's set photos from one of the future movies where like those two actors are in like the shooting location. So like fairly certain that those two are going to be back, especially since with a lot of their new properties, they're kind of setting up young Avengers stuff. Yes. So I'm starting to get with all the stuff that they're setting up for Wanda to like really be Mm -hmm. the partner, if not the boss of Dr. Strange. I'm wondering if Doctor Strange Possibly is the villain, to be is, honest. I hope she's um, not what, the villain. I don't want her to be the villain anymore. I don't think she'll be the villain, but she might be an antagonistic force. Like, they're working against different things. I think that would be possible. Maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't mind someone actually becoming a villain, actually giving someone pathos that isn't just explained in a single movie. But um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm wondering if, if, that, if this could lead to uh, the Civil War problem. Where yeah. uh, and I and I don't mean you know the real civil war and all the problems we're still dealing with there. I mean the movie <laughs> oh civil war where it wasn't actually the comic civil war. It was well, no, I'm fine with that. It's, it wasn't actually a Captain America movie. It was an Avengers movie. And he's I like I like Civil War. I like so much about that movie. I, you could take the Captain America off the front of that. I'm just wondering if Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is just going to be the Multiverse of Madness featuring Doctor Strange and Wanda Maximoff. Possible. It's possible. It's it's tough because that's it's one of those big speculationy things. It's also like, hey, hey, hold just real quick comments on it though. At least we know Sam Raimi can handle movies with a lot of protagonists. <laughs> but he, no, this I'm actually Spider Man three for those yeah. who don't know. <clears throat> I'm actually very excited for that film because he's really good at horror movies in general. Yes. Yeah. And he's he does understand superheroes, and it's supposed yeah. to be the most horror movie that mcu will allow yeah that's the caveat of what mcu will allow and you know what's fucking pretty scary is uh the devil and cthulhu but yeah can i i want to transition to talking about one of the things i was probably most excited about to talk about in this episode and it 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 did serve as a possible potential uh mephisto like evidence in the show is that uh colin i don't know if you're familiar with this but uh, like sometime in the middle of the show Paul Bettany did an interview. Oh my god, yeah. Where he talked about how there was this uh this prolific actor who he was really excited to work with, someone he'd never worked with before, who he's wanted to work with his whole life. Yes. And this had the fan theories going about like who's going to show up? Is it going to be cuz we still don't know if multiverse stuff is happening, is it going to be Ian McKellen as Magneto? But wait, they worked on a movie together. Uh technically is it he's be never Professor X. <laughs> he's never worked with Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, even though they're in the same movie but they didn't have any scenes together so is it gonna be dr strange but is benedict cumberbatch really old enough to be someone he wanted to work with his whole life and it turns out that the fucking mystery actor that paul bettany wanted to work with his whole life he was just trolling it was himself playing white vision <laughs> <laughs> but it, it literally set off so many theories <laughs> oh that's good Oh, that's very good. As soon as we got the the white vision reveal, I made this joke to Jocelyn. I was just like, holy shit, was Paul Bettany just talking about himself? But I was fucking kidding. But then like in the either like when the second to last episode it was airing or the last episode. He did an interview right before the finale. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, yeah, I was just having some fun. Don't get too too excited about it. And the director had to like 
you know, I don't know if it was entirely in relation to this or just in relation to That's fan why the director came out and said, yep, like, yep. hey, <laughs> don't get your hopes too high. It's yes, exactly. Show. Like, nope, Magneto is not going to show up here. Yeah. It's not, Doctor Strange is not coming and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, People were really, you know, pissed. I personally think it's just kind of hilarious because like, I, I think it's great. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I did not want Magneto to show up in this because, I, again, I don't want Fox involved in the MCU, the Fox universe involved in the MCU. Yeah. And I didn't really care one way. Like, it would have been cool if Doctor Strange showed up. And I, I have kind of questions about why he wouldn't show up as the Sorcerer Supreme. And there's this huge magic bubble that's like, but... I, yeah, I'm, I, I'm I confused. like it keeps it more to the story that like, you know, we don't we don't need Benedict Cumberbatch doing a cameo. I would kind of like a line of dialogue later about something he was busy doing during that time, possibly. But I, you know, I, yeah. I don't think that like why he wasn't called would be nice, but it just needs right. to be a line since it's such a a magic related problem. Like it seems like, you know, it would be something that. And, you know, we'll, we might get an explanation of it later. But I, I just thought that that was a really fucking funny thing because people were thinking like, oh, That's who could be good. this? Like, and I had like several conversations with Jocelyn throughout the weeks of like, yeah. who could this actor be regardless of who he's playing? You guys got pranked. Yeah. <laughs> we were we were just kind of like, logically, who could it be if it was right. to be somebody? <laughs> like, The answer is obvious. Actors have egos. That's like part of it. Yeah. Well, it was just funny because there's, you have like Patrick Stewart. Yeah. But oh. also he said he would never be Professor X again. So it was yeah. like, if he did, if he was in it, it would not be as the X-Men character. So let's like, also, let's hold on. Let's also be clear. Patrick Stewart also said he would never be Captain Picard again in Picard season <laughs> two is filming right now <laughs> that's very true yeah but no he he made like a big thing about with logan that that was the death yeah that was character. a that was yeah. a really that was a really great send-off yeah and so, so like... people were like one of the things that was like oh maybe mephisto is gonna show up and someone big is playing him yeah um, because there was this other thing that like elizabeth olsen said something about there being like a big luke skywalker level like internet breaking cameo and at the time we're like Oh, well, we don't, we think that they're talking about the same thing, and we're fairly certain that, you know, we got he's Evan not, Peters. Okay. right, we're fairly yeah. certain that he's not, that Vision, or that uh, Paul Bettany is not talking about Evan Peters, so there's something still big coming. In retrospect, I I do think that she was talking about Evan Peters' cameo. But this is yeah. the thing, she did come out and say... It wasn't him. Oh, really? Well, maybe she was just... Well, no, of course it wasn't him. She thought it was Aaron Taylor Johnson. That's the whole point. She was confused. <laughs> but it, she actually... It was really weird because she... I think she was kind of trolling at that point, but she was kind of yeah. like, oh, no, it wasn't Evan Peters. There's someone even bigger coming. She was probably just playing along with Paul Benny. Yeah. yeah. After, after employing Mark Ruffalo and Tom Holland, they've really had to <laughs> lean into into incorporating oh spoilers and trolls into their marketing material. And this was, by the way, something that Paul Bettany decided to do. And the director, when he was he was like, yeah, he dug his own grave with this. So it wasn't like, oh, Marvel told Paul Bettany to go lie about, you know, he was he was just as an actor trolling, which I think he is, also didn't think it would be funny. taken that far. He really he didn't yeah. mean to start this weird conspiracy theory thing. Bruh. He just yeah. was saying it to be funny. And then fans just rolled with it. Right. That's good. Imagine waking up to that on Twitter. Just you're you're trending in a way that you didn't mean to be. And except this time now it's just a it's just a marketing nightmare. Yes. So I think personally that has pretty much exhausted all the things with this that I've wanted to talk about. Before we move over to the ratings, is there anything that you guys wanna 
get in there and do little micro discussions about before we before we move on? Or are we, I think, ready to call it? I do want to talk about the Darcy of it all. Oh, yeah. Darcy was great. Hey, because great like character. I, we, we, <laughs> she had stuff to not do. In, she's not in a lot of the movies anymore. And I thought yeah. she, she was, was only in, ever in, in the two of them. The yeah. Thor and Thor 2. Yeah. And so it was, it was really nice to have her back again. But yeah. it was also really cool because, like, A, she's now, like, not an intern. <laughs> but yeah, she, she's, she got her doctorate. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, she she played <laughs> such an important role, I think, where she was the audience yeah. surrogate. Oh, and my God. And she would just explain things in a fun, quirky way. That was the reason why it was like, okay, maybe Evan Peters isn't anything because she said yeah. they recast. Yeah. Like, holy shit. I really, I loved the fucking Darcy Lewis and Jimmy Woo uh, sort of dynamic. And yeah. very good. I, I remember in, it was either in episode four or episode five, they've got like, a whiteboard where where Jimmy Woo is like writing a bunch of like questions and they're basically the same as all the like obviously yeah. you know it was written a while ago but like all the things that they're written on the board are like literally the same things that all of these like YouTube theory of theory videos have as like titles of like you know yeah, the stuff they that been they're doing speculating the about yeah yeah it's just them being meta about their own show again I think yeah. it's very fun and very very well handled clearly they know what they're doing also Jimmy yeah. Woo had a great arc from Ant Man and the Wasp to now he can now do sleight of hand magic and i think that's oh my god growth. that's like maybe my one thing about like the last episode <laughs> that was like oh he had his fun moment where he got out of the handcuffs and he's like flourish because it's like close-up magic stuff and he calls the fbi but it was ultimately inconsequential since fucking sword went into the hex before the fbi even arrived so yes. i was a little bit sad that that didn't have like a better payoff to that joke but i i it was, it was such really a good funny. joke, though. <laughs> yeah. No, so the the inclusion of characters like Darcy and Wu, uh, I think it's a double edged sword. And I'm just to compare it to two <laughs> other, you know, multiple series spanning things. You've got your Star Treks, where everything is connected but sort of insular, like you can take everything on its own. Then you've mm-hmm. got like the Arrowverse, where it hit a point where they were so unconnected, interconnected. Every other episode was a fucking crossover. Yeah, that I didn't want to do it, oh and I'm God. just like, I'm curious to see how they will thread the needle because when you're only yeah. doing, you know, like you know, when you're doing like two movies a year, it's easy to drop those cameos in and not have it be too confusing. When they're doing like four TV shows and four movies a year. I want to see some restraint. So I love the Darcy of it all, but let's be careful. That's my Oh, I, I think they will I was be. wondering that too, just with like going to doing TV show stuff too. I'm wondering like, especially with like Doctor Strange, like I won't mind because I excitedly watched WandaVision, but I'm kind of wondering like how much of that movie is going to be like, yeah. you really need to have watched WandaVision to understand what's That's going on. That's my concern. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah. I... I'm really excited for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I'm also really not. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have to watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier if I'm going to have to watch it to understand the rest of the Marvel stuff. And that's, yeah, Star Trek recently, they came out and said, because they, they're doing like five shows right now, and even I'm just like, oof, take it easy. But they said, yeah. like, we're not building to a Thanos. We're, ju- we're trying to make a bunch of good shows that will connect, but, like, you don't need one to watch the other. I would yeah. like some affirmation about that or at least a clearer delineation of like these ones are canonically impactful and these ones are for fun i know it's hard to do that because then you're sort of undercutting your own marketing but yeah yeah. even so jocelyn i i'm with you there i want to watch falcon and the winter soldier i don't want to have to watch falcon and the winter soldier yeah and like loki's show looks really cool 
what it, do I, is it going to play into anything? Because if like, yeah, it's logo does not look cool. It does not. It's just the, the, the weight of TV shows is going to really. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's going to be one of those things where it's like, I, I feel like as soon as certainly as soon as Dr. Strange comes out, but maybe even as soon as the next Spider-Man comes out, I feel like we might get an answer to like how they're really going about that. Cause like, well, I mean, Spider-Man feels like it could be standalone and separate from this, but like we we already know that Wandavision is going to be heavily tied to Doctor Strange, yes. so I'm I'm curious to see how there's it happens. There's already things that we know about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It is in some way connected to Black Widow movie. Oh, really? Mm, see, but that's interesting because the Black the Black Widow movie was made it was supposed to come out a year first, ago, right? Yes. Yeah, and Winter Soldier was always supposed to come out this year. No, they've pushed Falcon and the Winter Soldier a couple times. I don't mind the shows having homework. Like, yes, clearly, if I have not watched the other MCU movies, I wouldn't understand what the fuck they're talking about in WandaVision. I'm fine with that. I'm a little yeah. bit dubious about the movies needing show homework. Yeah, that's going to be yeah too much. Yeah, but I I don't know. I, it's something that I, we're just going to have to kind of see how it goes in the future. Because, like, at the end of the day, like, that's more of a conceptual problem for me personally not like a practical one because at the end of the day i do want to watch it all but you know i do have one other very quick question that i do not think will take up a lot of time go for it they're gonna bring x-men into these movies eventually do you think that they're gonna somehow use the blip to explain it like the people that came back got fucked up and that's where the x gene comes from and i talked about that i don't think so i i don't know i think that they are and this is all but confirmed at this point but they're going to reboot the x-men i'm still thinking that it's going to be some multiversal explanation of how they get there that's my thing not the fox x-men but this new universe of x-men that we have not seen before i i still feel like there's going to be some multiverse stuff explaining how they got there personally i I think the best course of action for them to not undercut the meaning of what the x-men and mutants are and like yeah the importance of the history with mutants and how they've been around this entire time in order to not undercut that they really just need to have two it's a multiverse thing where maybe they can interact through the multiverse on occasion but you just have two sandboxes you have the Mm x-men mcu and you have the avengers mcu and Kind of like how you have Guardians, where they're just on the other side of the galaxy. It's just now they're in another another universe. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, there's some characters that, like, I don't think that they would explain it all as being a spontaneous thing that just happened. Because that would take a few characters in the X-Men, like, mythos that would, that would just ruin them. Like, Wolverine is supposed to have been alive with his powers for hundreds yeah. of years. And, like... Magneto. Magneto's entire thing is connected to the Holocaust. Right. And like, you know, I I mean, like not even just with this new upcoming X-Men, but also like as they do interpretations of that character going on to the future, that's going to become less and less realistic if they still want these movies to be set in the present day. It's just like, you know, in the original Captain America comics, there was no ice block freezing. That was an answer to a question of how did he get from World War II to the present day? And I, I feel like they could hypothetically do some shit like that with Magneto where they have like some other event like some shit that happened in Sokovia be his whole backstory in a way that mirrors it but doesn't just like use the Holocaust because he would have to be hella old now to be you know all I I can say is I'm with everyone voting for Jared Kiso to be the new Wolverine I'm I'm there for it Jared Kiso I don't know who that is the main guy from Letterkenny he is a very (laughs) handsome very ripped Canadian actor and god I would love it that's funny 
Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think that's probably the place that we're going to have to move over to the ratings section. Right. Thank you both for a very in-depth discussion where we 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 went all the all the fun stuff. I, I this this felt good in that uh, actually most of the things on the list that I really wanted to talk to you guys about about WandaVision actually got checked off with a yeah. We got nice. to talk about Wanda. We got to talk about the Darkhold. We got to talk about Agents of Shield. Yeah, with a <laughs> little bonus uh, bonus rant about Agents of Shield in there fucking i've been Sorry, that Jocelyn. one's been on my chest for like a year and a half uh, <laughs> and a very tiny bit about she hulk and daredevil it's fine yeah a that law and order mcu it. i'm voting for it for episode title and i uh, agree and the golden globes i want it so, so bad we are now of course going to move on to the rating section where we talk about you know what we, re- we really thought about the show how it how it fared for us and uh we're going to Hmm, rated on a scale of 1 to 10. The one that's kind of in my mind right now is uh, Decades of Sitcoms. I like that, but I don't know. 1 to 10 Ships of Theseus? Oh my god, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) But which one's the real rating? (laughs) Oh god. (laughs) My only issue with the Decades thing is that, like, some of the Decades they did better with than others. Uh, So Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, it's just about, you know. I, I get where you're coming from. It doesn't... It, it but does, it feels like I'm endorsing like the '90s television era, and I don't know if I want to be in- <laughs> endorsing. <laughs> you know? Can we talk about how uh, how fucking uh, Wanda and Pietro's fucking dad somehow got Malcolm in the Middle on full DVD like ten yeah, years that, before yes. it released? <laughs> yeah, right? I'm not that. That was in the back of my head the whole time. I would go one to ten uh, discs in the Malcolm in the Middle DVD set. Oh my god! Uh, let's let's stick with with decades of decades of, of television. Yeah, yeah. So you'll you'll say if you're giving it an eight, then you are voting it the eighties. Let's go with that with that way. But, <laughs> okay. Uh, Jocelyn, you wanna you wanna start off? Okay, this is tough because like I did like it on the whole, like mm-hmm. as a, as a full series, it was it was very good. I don't think it is the best television show that I have watched in this past year. Yeah. So like I. And what was the show that they were referencing for the 80s? Uh, I don't remember. 80s would have been... Oh, it's a big one. It's fucking Growing Pains, I'm pretty sure, is ah. the one. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, yep, that sounds right. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say 80s, because there's definitely some Growing Pains that are gonna have to happen in the MCU <laughs> with these television shows. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was, it was, I think it was a very strong start to these MCU TV shows. Yeah. I and I really did like getting more of Wanda, because that's what I've been wanting, because... Mm-hmm. We just didn't get to see a lot of Wanda or Vision in any of the films that they've been in. And getting not only some behind the scenes, like them doing these little cutaways in uh, previously on, I think. Yeah. And getting to see her and Vision talk when she was stuck in the Avengers compound during the Civil War era of, of the films. All of that stuff really made me enjoy movies I didn't like a little bit more. Not saying I yeah. think the movies are better because of it, but they give me more context, which is helpful. Yeah. So I think it was a very good first bat at the television shows, but it's television has come such a long way. Like we're in the golden age of television. So mm-hmm. 
it's good, but it, it could be so much better. I don't That's know fair. how, but it could be better. Call? Yeah, so I, I uh, well, I didn't want so much the, the decades as the rating system. It's perhaps perfect because I feel about the rating system the same way I feel about the show, which is it makes perfect sense. It is a good idea. You, you, you did a good job, Jeff. It makes more sense than anything I could have come up with. But I'm still kind of... But? Not, I'm not... I'm, I'm, but. It doesn't speak to me. It didn't It didn't tickle my soul in the way that Malcolm in the Middle DVDs did. Uh, so ultimately, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set this show in the 70s because I, I think I, I agree with Jocelyn on a lot of this. I think it does... Uh, it doesn't really do very much wrong. I think as a show, it's good. It's really good. It's fun to watch. It's exciting. Um, I think that for the first time, though, like you said, we're, you know, golden age of television. I mean, we've been saying that for a long time because TV's been good for a long time. Yeah. And uh, it it keeps evolving in ways that, that are unexpected. And I thought this show would be more of that. I feel about it the same way I feel about the movies, which is like, these are not really groundbreaking movies. The groundbreaking thing is that they're so consistently good that yeah. it's worth watching them all. And I think that that's where this show falls. Um, I, I don't know that it needs to be more. I don't think it needs to try to reach for that Game of Thrones level. Everyone needs to like live or die by this show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that it's just a TV show. And I yeah. like that I wasn't on the edge of my seat every time and I could just enjoy it. That's very true. But the double-edged sword is while you can compare it to other TV shows, you also have to compare it to the Marvel movies. Maybe it's just because, again, after a decade of hindsight, I'm a little tired of the Marvel stuff. But, like, the most excited I got during the entire show was stunt casting. <laughs> <laughs> so for all the good things that the show did, I... Like Jocelyn said, I don't know what I would have done to make it better because I think it's excellent. Yeah. But it just it it didn't hit me in any particularly big way. And I, I and I think that if you are in our age group and you're the kind of person where the most adventurous things you ever watch are the Marvel movies, if you hang your nerd card on the MCU, this is show might blow your mind. <laughs> I would say that I, I I follow pretty much on the same sort of uh, line as Jocelyn. I would also do the 8 out of 10, 80s decade for this one. Because, like, it, it was a really good show, and I really enjoyed it, and there's hard to find anything wrong with it, personally. Like, that's that's my thing. Yeah, it's a solid show. It wasn't anything, ground like, super groundbreaking, but I did enjoy it a lot, and I liked looking forward to it every week. So I'm, like, teetering between 8 and 9. I don't know. The other thing that's just really nice about it is... It's, it's refreshing to have a story in a television show that is just fucking complete. Like, <laughs> yep. yes. there's so many good shows I've watched over the years that it's just like, oh, you fucking either die a hero or you live long enough to find see yourself become the villain where it just fucking yep. gets bad. And that's yes. like my overall worry with the MCU because it feels like as long as it keeps making money, they're going to keep going and it's not going to fucking keep being as good forever. Yeah. Like eventually Kevin Feige is going to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. And they're not going to be like, okay, we're done. They're going to replace it. You know, and yep. maybe it'll be great, but I don't know. I think it deserves to be said that this show is amazing, and the fact that it's centered around grief, and specifically yeah. a woman's grief, is yeah. very important to me. For sure. I, I think it was just such a refreshing take, because these entire movies up until this point are about 
Iron Man and yeah. all of these men and their fuck-ups. And we finally got a TV show that was just, this woman needs therapy. And we're going to acknowledge that she needs therapy. Yeah. I mean, I think to be fair, like, I feel like it could have gone a little further in that direction. Like, it didn't really it feel like we were, we were getting down to Wanda being the central character. I feel like to, like, the last few episodes... Because the rest of the episodes, like, she's definitely yes. there, and she's probably, like, got the most screen time of anyone, but... It just felt like a mystery. Right, it's always this question of, what is Wanda doing? And what is Wanda doing yeah. to all these people that I really care about? It, it wasn't yeah. so much of, like, what is... Like, you know, like, there's hints of, like, oh, what is Wanda, our protagonist, going through? But a lot of it is, like, what is she up to as maybe even the antagonist of this show that is mostly yeah. about her? You know what I mean? And, and so I like, I, I, you know. To answer the question of how do you make this show better, I think you two just hit on a great idea of, of because the portrayal of grief, it's, it's, it's not groundbreakingly done. It's just groundbreaking because it was done in a yeah. show about yeah. a woman. And, it, and it's the fact that Marvel doesn't do it normally. Yeah, and yeah. I what, what I what what I find myself craving now that now that you've articulated some of this is at some point during the show I think everyone had it in their brain it's like oh she's sad because uh, her family died she's trying to fix it and the show never pushed past that we got to live in it we got to experience it but mm-hmm. like it, it presented this idea to us everyone got it and then it never really evolved it forward. Yeah. Yeah. I I also don't expect most mainstream television shows to delve too deep, which is why I was like, at least they're like, that is technically the central focus of this. I just, (laughs) I don't expect Marvel to dig deep on anything. In the past year, I've watched uh, Breaking Bad again, Better Call Saul, (laughs) The Wire and The Sopranos, which are like considered like the best shows ever. So maybe I've just been spoiled. The Sopranos is about a gangster in therapy for those who don't know. So like I don't maybe I've just been spoiled by shows that really do take it further and dive deep and it's just Yeah, but also But also how many seasons is the surprise? Yeah, right. That's what I was gonna say. Is like to be fair, comparing, you know, like you were saying earlier, comparing WandaVision to the other Marvel movies, like it's got more time to explore those things. It does not have as much time as a like seven or eight or nine fucking season long thing when they knew that it was going to end no, after that's, one. That's that's true, but we've been watching the MCU show for ten years. Like, come on, let's dig in. That's fair, but it hasn't been the Wanda show for 10 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. They've got a lot of characters to look on. Maybe this is the seed, and she's going to be one of the Iron Men for the next 10 years, and we will get to see this journey a little further, but yeah. I, I think that's what I want to see. Yeah. I mean, I like. I, I feel like we've... We, like, that's, that's the thing I really like about the show, is it's planting a lot of seeds to moving forward with like the the one thing that I think was one of my like I really love the MCU but one of my biggest you know criticisms is is that it's mostly stories about the same type of people right whereas like a lot of these stories moving forward it's like we've got She-Hulk we've got Kamala Khan being you know Miss Marvel like I'm really excited for Eternals and Shang-Chi yeah so I'm so cautiously optimistic about (laughs) Shang-Chi I'd say out of all the stuff that's coming up I think Miss Marvel is the one I'm most excited about and they've done a lot of fun with her in the animated stuff, so I'm excited to see her in live action. Right. I know very little about Ms. Marvel, aside from what you guys have shared with me, so I'm just kind of like blank slate and hoping it's a fun ride. I mean, the thing the thing that has me most excited about that show is uh, when they're like, here's the five or six people working on that show, and like, not a single yeah. one of them was a white guy, yes. and I was like, oh, yes. fuck, yes. thanks. Sign God. me up. Like, <laughs> my, my voice is in my head enough. I don't need more people like me talking at me. I've had enough. Right. Move on. 
Um, but yeah, so I think that's uh, that's a pretty good place for us to drop off here. I think that's going to wrap it up for us today, folks. Uh, thank you all for listening to the Common Geeking program. Again, I've been your host, uh, Jeff Levitt. Uh, you can find me. I've gonna keep fucking saying it like it's a thing that I've updated in the last year, but I've got an Instagram that uh, is called Things I Wish Existed. There's a dot between each word. Um, hopefully I'll start posting art stuff on there eventually again, but you know, it's it's been a year for everybody. I haven't done a lot of creative stuff that I've been like really posting places. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel for that I do uh, toy reviews on, mostly Transformers related stuff. That is Alchemist Prime Reviews on YouTube. Um, and uh, again, I've been joined by uh, Jocelyn and Colin. Do you guys, either of you guys have stuff you want to toss out there into the ether? Uh, yeah, I'm going to plug my, my TV shows because that's all I'm, I'm good for. Uh, <laughs> and they're all in one convenient location. You can watch Mau Mau, Heroes of Pure Heart, and Tigtone and the series. Both the complete collections that are currently out are both available on HBO Max. Hey! One is an adult Dungeons and Dragons-esque weird adult swim show. And the other one is a samurai cat who's a sheriff. And it's like Y7. So, yeah. Really, both sides of the animated spectrum right there. (laughs) Really is. Uh, Hello, I'm Colin. Unlike Jeff, I have been doing uh, too much artistic stuff in the last year. And I'm very tired. But I'm also very proud of some of the stuff that I've done. Uh, Dice Populi is still going strong we're having live listens with some of the community one of the best things happened where we were talking about pat's character a dragonborn with like a fucking strong ass dad bod and (laughs) we were talking about merch with pat with the fans and they were like uh we should make trashy track suits with bubble butt on the butt uh (laughs) and then by the end of the live listen one of the people in the call had drawn pat's dragonborn character in a track suit with a giant ass that said bubble butt and it was just ah warms my heart it was such a fun little thing oh that community is uh both great and really needs to be stopped (laughs) yes jeff you summed that up beautifully yes um so we've created monsters but dice populize going strong and you can find that at common geeking program com. Nice. Uh, oh, right. There's only two of you. That was both of you. All right. Uh, yes. <laughs> no, we, yeah, got, we forgot about the mysterious fourth member of the podcast. Mephisto. Mephisto. <laughs> we left all the seeds in the whole episode and we paid it off. It was Mephisto all along. Anyway, our next... Uh, fucking Sorry. episode of the uh well we've we've got a, a couple things going on our next episode of the common briefing program of course our uh you know geek news section of this podcast that we alternate along with will be on the 2nd of april and the next episode of uh this version of the common geeking program where we'll just be talking about another topic is going to be on the 16th of april so the first and third fridays of the month is is when we toss stuff up uh so look forward to that stuff and as always thank you for listening and subscribing and sharing and everything that you do for us and we'll talk to you next time bye Oh, it's been so fucking long since Chowder hasn't been on one of these episodes. I was really just expecting someone to go, Chow! Oh, I was just going to do it. Okay, well, you did it. It's fine.
The Common Geeking Program is hosted by Jeff Levitt, joined this week by Jocelyn Barkenhagen and Colin Ketchin. This episode is sponsored by the patented CGP Colin Star Trek Mention Counter. The counter today told us that Colin brought up Star Trek a total of five times this episode. The podcast is created and produced by Colin Ketchin and Jeff Levitt, that's me, and features original music by Colin Ketchin, that's not me. This episode was edited by me, that's still me, Jeff Levitt. Stay engaged with us on social media at Geeking Program or by using hashtag CGP. If you want to know more about us and all of our other projects, head to commongeekingprogram.com. Stay in touch, stay tuned, and as always, thank you for listening to this. My thumb hurts a lot. I just tried to pick something up, and my thumb is just like in a bad position. I you, oh yeah, yeah Jocelyn, too many I, too many pasta sauces in there. Too many whole pasta sauces have pierced my <laughs> what thumb. What did you do, Colin? I scraped some food off of something, and instead of scraping off the fork, it went straight under my thumbnail. So I'm just just got a big old big old gash under there because of uh petrified tomato sauce <laughs> the weirdest thing you cut yourself with. yeah i don't like how'd, how'd you cut your you hand open said. tomato <laughs> that's fine uh i'm good to clap and whenever prefer- like arguably one of the least sharp objects in the world, a tomato. <laughs> a tomato, um, even less sharp, a tomato sauce. This thing yeah. has been going for seventy-eight days. Yeah. yeah, we've been waiting for you for a while, Jocelyn. There's a long ass walk. Uh, I'm let's, sorry, uh, I needed more clap, coffee grounds. Let's clap at seventy-eight days, four hours, forty-nine minutes, and uh, thirty seconds. I'm okay. okay. You sure you don't want to wait till seventy-nine days? Yes. Mm, Five seconds. Yeah. Well. Maybe. Clap, clap, clap. I, I didn't hear folks, either folks, of folks. you clap, so that's. I heard. I heard one, I heard clap. one of you after yeah, me. So, uh, okay. but that's we all usually... did clap, right? Yeah. Yeah, I clapped. <laughs> I clapped. <laughs> Can't wait for you to edit and see that I didn't clap. <laughs> you son of a Hold bitch. On, let me close this door real quick. <laughs> no, I just was hoping Penny finally left. <laughs> Penny's, Penny's still in here. Penny. Jesus, fuck, what am I Sorry. hearing? Cat Penny, problems, leave. I think. Penny, Penny leave. Penny, Unless they both Penny, talk to their secret leave. third roommate this way. <laughs> I just wanted to hang out, I get it. Penny, come on. <laughs> <laughs> this is so much funnier when you think that they're just mistreating their roommate horribly. <laughs> Jocelyn, for the sake of the fiction here, Penny is your secret third roommate that you both mistreat very badly. She, well, she's very behind on rent, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh.